Praise the Lord. Welcome in, everyone, to another edition of Soar of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And as always, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this another privilege, dear God, to bow and to call upon your name. God, I ask, Lord, that you just have your way in this podcast today, dear God. Lord, that you would just touch my mind and my lips, dear God, and you would give me the words to say, dear Lord, that someone may be lifted up, that someone may be helped, that someone might may get closer to you, dear God. And Lord, if there be anyone that's lost, dear God, I pray, Lord, that you would just deal with their hearts, dear God, and, and touch their minds and let them understand, dear God, that you're there ready and waiting, dear to uh, take away their sins and give them a new life. Lord, I just love you, and I thank you, and I praise you for everything. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Uh, this is a compassion promise to those who return to God. In a previous chapter, we... we studied about how that if the Israelites um, turned from God and went after uh, other gods, what would happen to them, and how that the Lord would scatter them all over the place. He would bring, bring in nations that they'd never heard of and, and uh, have never, don't know their, their language and don't know their customs or anything like that. They would come in and take them hostage and take their, their children hostage and uh, just completely just uh, do away with them. And now then the Lord's telling them that, it, uh, that he's going to give them compassion. That, in other words, if they will turn back to him and give their heart and life to him and, and come, go, start doing the, the commandments and the judgments and statutes that they uh, were originally, and they get back to those that uh, he will heal their land and he will bring them in and uh, back to their land, their promised land, and he will heal their land and uh, restore them. But in uh, chapter, chapter Deuteronomy chapter 30, And it shall come to pass, when all these things are come upon thee, the blessing and the curse, which I have set before thee, and thou shalt call them to mind among all the nations whither the Lord thy God have driven thee, and shalt return unto the Lord thy God, and shalt obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, thou and thy children, with all thine heart and with all thy soul, that then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee, and will return and gather thee from all the nations, whether the Lord thy God has scattered thee. If at any, if any of thine be driven out into the outmost parts of heaven, from thence will the Lord thy God gather thee, and from thence will he fetch thee. And the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed, and thou shalt possess it and he will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers. Now then, the Lord's telling Israel, you're going to get in trouble, and I'm going to uh, send people in. They're going to uh, 
take you as slaves or servants, and they're going they're they're going to take you all over the the world, uh, different places all over the country, <clears throat> uh, and they are going to to get, uh, make your life very hard because that you have completely gotten away from me and you have quit serving me and you have went after other gods and you have completely turned your back on me so now then uh i'm the blessings that you were receiving uh are no more now then comes the curse and he's he's telling them if you will turn from your wicked ways and you will uh, follow after me and do my commandments and do my statutes, then I will bring you back. I will restore un you unto the land. I will restore the land. I will bless you. I will bless the land. All the blessings that were before, I will bless you plus. If you will just turn your heart and life over to me and follow me again. And, you know... <laughs> I myself, I have had those those ups and downs, like I was saying before, in my Christian life. I've had times when uh, I was serving the Lord and I was doing what the Lord wanted me to do, and I was there was times when I was chasing after everything in the world. I had completely left God and and completely uh, turned my back on Him and started chasing after things of the world. Now this is for. The children of Israel are right now. They have turned their back on God. They have went after all these different gods. They are looking for uh, some pleasure in anything and everything that they can find. And uh, they, it may have been curiosity at the first, but then after they got tempted and they turned and started uh, wanting to find out more about these gods and what all of them stood for and and how that you worship them and everything, they got they got to where they liked it. So they started doing the same thing. They started serving these gods. They started sacrificing uh, to these gods. They started uh, eating the whatever it was that was sacrificed to these gods, and they they. Uh, all their pagan rituals and everything like that, they they got involved in those. They liked they liked those, so they got involved with those. So now, th then the Lord has scattered them uh, all over the place. This is what He's telling them. He said, I'll, "I will scatter you all over the place," but but there's always a but there. There's always a route of escape. There's always that point um, sometime in your life when you when you turn away from God and go after the world, there is a point there somewhere that, um, and it's not it's not a set point. It's a point to where that you actually realize what you're doing and and uh, what you have done, and you want to turn from that, and you want to go back and start living for the Lord. The Lord is right there waiting on you, and He will accept you back. Like the parable, of, uh, it's like the story of the prodigal son. Uh, I don't know if you all have uh, have read that or not, but um, that was this is a, a good re good example of us turning and turning our backs on the Lord and going 
chasing after the world and everything like that, realizing what we've done and, and then want to go back home or go back to God. But, uh, this, this is the prime example of that. And we, with the prodigal son, uh, he told his father one day, he said, Dad, he said, I want my inheritance. Uh, to put this in my own words and and not make it so long and, con- and so long, uh, his father gave him his inheritance and he left. He left the family home, the family uh, land. He left and he went out on his own and he spent all of his living, on, uh, spent all he had on righteous living, partying, having a good time, uh, friends, you know, and uh all this stuff, getting buying clothes and, and all this, and spent all he had. And he, he was broke then. And he got a job working for a man um, feeding the hogs. And he, he got to the point to where that he was very hungry and he was destitute and probably his clothes was about wore out and everything. And he, he said a lot of times that he, he would have ate what he was feeding the hogs. He was so hungry. And the thought come to him one day that his that his father had many servants, and his father's servants eat better than he did. They live better than he did. So he said, "I'm going to return back to my father's house, and I'm going to I'm going to ask my dad if I can come back in as a servant." Well, the boy went back home, and as he was coming down the road, his dad was was where he could see him. And when he saw him coming down the road, his dad ran out and met him. He didn't wait for him to come to him. He ran out and met him. And he told uh, he told his servants. He said, um, "Give him, get his, get him some fine clothes. Get put a ring on his finger." and shoes on his feet and uh, get the fatty calf and kill the fatty calf and we're going to have a party because my son's come back home. And he, all he wanted to do, all the, the boy wanted to do is he just wanted to be one of his father's servants because he knew that, he, that the, the servants had a better life than, than he was living at that point in time. But... Uh, the one part there where the, the dad told him to uh, get clothes and put on him and get shoes to put on his feet is because the servants weren't allowed to wear shoes. That was a custom back then. So by him putting shoes on the, the son, he was letting him know that he was his son and he was not a servant. So yes, we have a chance to, when we are out in the world, we're chasing after everything of the world. We have forgotten about God. We have left him, turned our back on him. Yes, we have a chance that we can go back to the Lord and ask the Lord for forgiveness, and he will forgive us. The son told Dad, he said, Dad, I have sinned against you and against heaven. And, you know, that's, that's what we need to do is we need to tell God, God, I have sinned against you. I have done things that I should not have done. I need forgiveness. 
I am sorry that I have done this. You know, it's just not one of those things like that, you know, you just walk back, go back to the same place you were and start walking again. No, you've got, you've got to go back. You've got to repent for the things that you have done. You've got to ask God to forgive you. And you've got to ask the Lord to come back into your life and, and be in control of your life. And you need to turn from that sin and go and sin no more. And that, that is basically what the Lord is telling the people here. That you need, if you will, when you get to this point, it's not if you get to this point. Basically, the Lord said, you, you're going to get to this point. You are going to get to this point. You're going to do all these things that I'm telling you. But he keeps telling them over and over and over that, you know, as long as they will follow him and keep his commandments and do his statutes, that he will bless them and he will bless their land. He will bless everything about them if they will follow his commandments and statutes that are written in this book. But the reason why that he keeps telling them that is is he's hoping that they won't do this, but he knows that they're going to. You know, that's just like like us as human beings. We we say we're not going to, uh, when we get saved, and especially when we're first saved and everything, and we're really on fire and everything's new and everything, and we're, we keep saying, you know, we'll never turn our backs on the Lord, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, and then, uh, the next thing you know, we get to looking around and we've done just exactly what we said we wasn't going to do. We have turned our backs on the Lord and we have walked off and left him. And now then we've got to go back. We've got to go back, ask God to forgive us and take us back in. And the Lord, thy, uh, verse 6, And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed, to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thine soul, and that thou mayest live. And the Lord thy God will put all these curses upon thine enemies, and on them that hate thee, which persecuted thee. And thou shalt return, and obey the voice of the Lord, and do all his commandments, which I command thee this day. I will circumcise your heart." I will get rid of all of that stuff that's in your heart, all of that uh, pleasure that you've been seeking. I'll take all that away from you. All those gods that you've been chasing after, I'll take all of that away. All those things in your heart that are unlike you, I will take all that stuff out, and I will put all new stuff in. And this is, listen, when you first get saved, and you confess your sins, and God forgives you of your sins, then as you go along, there will be things that in order for you to get closer to the Lord, there will be things in your life that the Lord will uh, have you to do or have you to quit doing. And each time that we, he has you to do this one thing or... Um, well, if he convicts you of something that you are doing that you, you really don't think that is wrong or anything, but he convicts you of it and you quit doing that, God takes that thing out of your life, out of your heart, and he puts more of him in. 
every time that he he tells us that we need to do this and we need to change this and we need to do this and we do those things or we quit doing those things he puts that gets a little bit of those things that's unlike him out of our life and puts a little bit more of him into our life and that's what i want more than anything i want more of him i there's a song out now i can't remember now exactly who sings it it's a new one but uh it says i want to be uh be a whole lot more like you and a whole lot less like me so, you know, that ought to be every Christian's uh, prayer is God make me more like you and less like me. Because the more I get, more that I act like him, and the more that I am like him, the closer I get to him and the better off I'll be. And the more the world will see something in me and want to know exactly what it is that's in my life and and why i act the way that i do you know i've always said the, the easiest the best way to get a sinner to talk about the lord is get him curious and if my life the life that i live in the same conditions that they're living in and I'm happy all the time, and, and I've got a smile on my face all the time, and, and I'm willing to help whenever I can. And it doesn't matter who you are, who you are I will take the time to, to answer a question or help you in any way I can. They're going to start watching. They are watching my life to begin with, but they're going to start getting very curious about exactly what makes me tick. Sooner or later, they're going to start asking questions. That's the time that we can we can introduce them to the Lord and and tell them exactly why that I I'm happy all the time and why I've got a smile on my face all the time because of Jesus because of heaven because of what I feel and it's it's not it's not the, the feelings of the world it's the feelings of heaven it's the feelings of God it's 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 knowing things that a lot of people uh, has no idea about. Knowing that I am a child of God, and no matter what happens, I'm going to make heaven my home one of these days. You know, it, the things of this world is all going to pass away, and all those anxieties and all those uh things that come against us in, the, in this world they're going to pass away too and i'm going to go to a place where there isn't going to be any of that there's not going to be people talking about you there's going to be people talking to you but not about you there's not going to be any dying there's not going to be any murders there's not going to be any stealing there's not going to be any sickness there's not going to be any depression or, or heart attacks or heartaches or any of that stuff. There's not going to be none of that stuff. Everything is going to be perfect. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Because this world is going to pass away. And if it don't, uh, if it, the Lord don't come and get all of us all at one time here soon, he's going to come after each and every one of us at some point in time. But God said, if you will, if you will turn your heart back to me and you will keep my, and you 
do my commandments and keep them and my statutes and, and you will follow me and do my, and do what I say and live for me again, then I will bless you just the same way or, or even better, I will bless you better than I did your father's. But you're going to have to turn everything back over to me and you're going to have to follow me and you're going to have to seek, have to seek after me and not the things of this world. Because I am the only one. I am a jealous God. I am very jealous God. And you're going, you're going to seek me. You're going to, um, you're going to serve me. And you're going to trust in me. And you're going to do as I say. And it, that's, as, that's as simple as it gets. And you're going to do that if you want to go to heaven. And... Verse 10, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law, and if thou turn unto the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul, give everything you have back to me. And you know, that's all the Lord wants from us today is he wants us. He wants us all the time, 100%, all the time, not just on Sundays or Wednesday nights, all the time. He wants us. He wants us to, to praise him. He wants us to worship him. He wants us to trust him, have faith in him, follow him, do his commandments, do what he tells us to do, and not worry about the things of this world. And, you know, it, it seems like it's, it's a simple thing, but really, really and truly, it, it is hard because of, of the things of this world uh, are so tempting that it, it's, it, it gets hard sometimes, especially when uh, we as Christians, we are, we are struggling to, uh, maybe struggling to pay our debts uh, for uh, whatever reason coronavirus or whatever and we're we're uh, having a hard time paying our debts we're having a hard time putting food on the table it's just life is just very hard at this point in time and then we see all the people that are out in sin they ain't got no time for the lord they they are off doing whatever they want to whenever they want to seems like and they're being blessed on every hand and it just seems like that they they everything they touch turns to money. Yes, it can get very disheartening. But remember, remember one thing: when you when you see the the uh, the sinners and you see the worldly people, you see them getting blessed. Remember one thing: that's the only reward that they're ever going to have. That's the only. That's the only fun and the only pleasure and the only blessing that they're ever going to get is the blessings of this world that's their blessing and that's it when they leave this world they're going to get the curse and listen trust me y'all don't want the curse because the curse is a lake of fire which burneth forever and you're in it forever you just don't go in and burn up and that's it you're in this 
lake of fire forever in torments for eternity because you went chasing after the world and the things of the world and after other gods and and you left god and you you just turned your back completely on him you don't want nothing to do with him you want the things of this world and that's what you're chasing after that's that's going to be your your curse is going to be a lake of fire you're going to stand before the great white throne judgment and you're going to look jesus in the eye and he's going to say depart from me for i never knew you depart from me for i never knew you life and death choices are set before the people in verse 11 for this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It's not in heaven that thou shouldest say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, Who, will, who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it? But the word is nigh, very nigh unto thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. See, I have set before thee this day life and good, death and evil. That's our choices. You know, everything, like I said, everything in this world is going to pass away. The only thing that we as mankind owns in this world is our souls. Everything else, Satan has, uh, has the ability to take it away from, it, from us or give it to us. Everything in this world, Jesus has the, uh, the ability to take it from us or give it to us. But he, our soul... Satan cannot take it from us. Jesus cannot take it from us. God himself cannot take it, our soul from us. That's the one thing that we have complete control over. Now then, who is in control of your soul? Who have you given your soul to? I have set before you this day Two choices, life and good or death and evil. He didn't say life and great. He said life and good or death and evil. The choices are there. We know what the choices are. We, I'm sure that, that everyone at some point in time has heard some scripture, read out of the Bible, has heard a message taught at some point in time knows about god knows about heaven knows about satan and knows about hell and at some point in time has had the choice in front of them to to follow one or the other now then as i've said this is the only thing that we have complete control over is our soul and we can choose to give it to whoever we want to control our life. 
Now then, the, the question that I have is, is who has your soul today? Who are you giving your soul to today? Are you giving it to God for good, uh, for life, for uh, all the things that are good in this world, and for the blessings of and blessing God and lifting Him up? Or are you giving it to Satan and the world to to have fun and to party and to do all the things that the world does? Who is in control of your soul? It is a very simple question. And if you sit down and you take the time to look over your life and see just exactly what you are doing with your life, you will be able to tell just exactly who is in control of your soul. If you are doing good and you're not boastful and backbiting and, and stealing and lying and and all those things, then God is uh, probably in control of your life. And you go to church, you read your Bible, and you pray, and you and you try, you strive to do good, and and you seek God to help you to uh, continue and get closer to Him. God is in control of your life. But if you are just the opposite of all of that, you are you are. Mischievous, you're, you're making trouble all the time. You're partying, you're drinking, you're uh, you're doing all this stuff that the, the world does, and Satan is in control of your life. I don't care how much you go to church. I don't care how much that the pastor says that if you come in and and pay your tithes that you're going to go to heaven no matter what you do. That's not right. That is not right because if you will look right here. In the children of Israel, they they have turned their back on God, and God has just basically forgot about them. They have gotten in trouble. They are going to be scattered all over the all over the country, and they are going to be become servants and be cursed instead of blessed. Same thing for us. We have a choice between us today: life and death. You choose life, you choose God. You choose death, you choose Satan. You choose life, you choose the things of heaven, the things of God. You choose death, the things of this world, the pleasures of this world. Yeah, there's pleasure in sin, but it's just for a season, and then you're going to have the curse part. You have your reward now. And then when you leave when you leave this world in death, then comes the time that you're going to have to pay for all the things, nice things that you had in this world. And that's when the curse comes in. You know, that's that's just like Satan. He will he will paint you a pretty picture on everything. He oh it, it looks so good, your friends stand around um, you know, big barbecue and having drinks and and your friends are over and all this. But, you know, the thing he does not show you is all the things that goes on behind the scene. The person that gets uh, drunk and he gets really mean and, and he likes to beat on his girlfriend or his wife or his kids or, or somebody else. 
the one that gets uh, leaves that party drunk and gets in a car and hits someone and kills someone. He don't Satan don't show you all that stuff. He he wants to hide all that stuff. Jesus does not hide nothing. God does not hide nothing. He wrote everything down in a book and said, "Here it is. This is the way that it's going to be. You're either going to follow me." And yes, it's going to be hard. You're going to have a lot of hard times. There's going to be some valleys that you have to go through. There's there's going to be some mountains that you're going to have to climb. There's going to be some times that it seems like that nobody cares for you, nobody's around. There's even going to be times when it feels like that I'm not around. I'm, I'm not going to tell you that it's all a bed of roses because it is not. But he said the one thing about it is, he said, I'm right there with you. I'll never leave you. I'll be right there. I'll be right there beside you when you're going through those those hard times. I'll be right there beside you when you're going through those valleys. And when you get up on that mountain and you start climbing up that mountain and, and you have gone just as far as you can go, I will carry you the rest of the way to the top because I love you and I want you to succeed. I want you to be my child. I want you to be uh, the man or the woman that I know that you can be. But you're going to have to follow me. You're going to have to trust in me and not things of this world. Only me. And that's what we need to do is we need to follow only the Lord. Follow him and nothing else. Not man. I, you know, I, I love my pastors to death, but I'm not following my pastors. I'm following God. And whatever God tells me to do, that's what I'm going to do. And, and you know, it, I've, I've done a lot of things in this life that the Lord has told me to do. Some of them were hard, but you know what? It was it was all good. It was all good, and it will be good again, all because I obeyed. The Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. So you know, the children of Israel they had they had to do a lot of sacrificing. There was a lot of animals that got sacrificed every year, a lot of them. But you know what? Just one time, us today saying, here I am, Lord, use me. Show me what you would want me to do. And then doing it is, wor is worth more than every one of those animals that was ever sacrificed. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Because let me tell you something. You really don't know what a sacrifice is sometimes till you obey God. Because sometimes those obedient acts that you do is a great sacrifice. Because you may have to give up some of your money. You may have to give up some of your time. You may have to give up a vehicle. Or you may have to give up a bedroom in your home. You don't know what that you may have to give up. To, to be obedient. But God will bless you in the long run. God will bless you. 
But he said, keep these for these commandments. He said, they're not, they're not that far away. They're not that really that hard either. You know, we, we, a lot of times we, as, as children of God, we make things harder than they really are. You know, I, I like to overthink things sometimes when I, when I need to keep it simple. Because simple is good sometimes. And we like to overthink things and we like to overdo things. And, and when we, it's the little things that we need to grasp onto, the little things that we need to hold on to that will, will have the biggest meaning. And he said, it, you know, the, it, it's not hidden. It's out in the open to anybody that wants to read it. And I'm, I don't know of anybody right now that has not heard of God or not heard about the Word of God or not had a chance to read it. I don't know of anybody. But there's a lot of people that choose not to believe it. There's a lot of people that choose not to read it. There's a lot of people that choose not to serve God. You know, I choose to serve God. Well, what if, you know, there is no God and and we just die and we turn to dust? Or what if there is? You know, I'm I'm the type of person if I if when I was a betting man, I always liked to hedge my bets. You know, I always like to to know that the bet that I'm gonna make that I'm gonna win. Or I w I wouldn't bet. And I tell you what, I'm I'm hedging my bet on this deal because, you know, of everything that's happened in my life and everything that I know uh, for a fact that has happened and there's, there's no possible way for, for it to happen, there has to be a God. There has to be a God. There has to. Because things that I cannot explain how it happened, happened. Have you ever been there? Have you had things in your life that you are talking to the Lord about and it happens? Maybe not exactly the way that we think that it ought to, but it happens. Think about it for a while. I'm, I'm sure if you've lived for the Lord very long at all that you can see things in your life that happen and you can't explain how that it happened, but it, it just happened. Because there is a higher power. There is a God in heaven. There is Jesus, the Son, sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he's making intercession for you and I. He's the one that's always talking to his dad about us, about our, our petitions that we take to him in prayer. He's, he's talking to his dad about that, and his dad is telling him exactly what that he can do for us. You want anything from heaven? You've got to go through the sun. God is in control of everything. But it, his son is sitting at his right hand, and, and he's, he's our lawyer. He's making intercession for us. When we get down in the dumps, down to that place to where we have no money and our bills are due and we can't pay them, we, need, we go, to, go to God for those things in the name of Jesus, and he, Jesus, goes to his Father, and his Father makes a way for us to, to pay those bills, to get the money to pay those bills or for those bills to be paid. 
our minds really, really can't fathom exactly what the Lord can do. You know, the children of Israel, they, they seen firsthand what God can do. They've watched the ground swallow a, a, almost a whole family because they, they come out against God and they, they disobeyed God. They have walked through the wilderness for 40 years and, and there was no sickness in, in, except for the plagues when they disobeyed God and the snakes uh, that bit them uh, because they disobeyed God. But other than their disobedience, there was no sickness. There was nothing like that. But because of their, their disobedience, there was plagues that came upon them. There was sickness that came upon them. They died because of disobedience. This, this, they seen all this firsthand. They knew that there was a higher power. And they still, they still went after other gods, knowing of exactly how powerful that their God was. And we do the same thing. But, you know, we've, we've got to realize just exactly what our God can do. And as we, as we read all these things that, that, God had done for the children of Israel. We read all these things about how that God can can do all these things to the children of Israel. How that he can have uh, these nations come in and, and take them captive. But on the other hand, how that he can take uh, 300 men and go out against an army of thousands and have victory over them. It's the same God. Some of it is a curse. Some of it is their blessing. Some of the things in our life that that is going on in our life is because of the curse or because of the blessing. Because we 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 doubt God. Because that we uh, limit God as to what He can do because of our doubt and our unbelief, because that we try to take care of things ourselves, we can get in trouble. We this is part of, and when we get in trouble and God chastises us, that's part of the curse. But on the other hand, if we take all that stuff that is going wrong in our life and we take it and we set it down at the feet of Christ. And say, Lord, here it is. I, I cannot do anything with this. It's impossible for me to do anything for this. But God, I know that you can do all things. And I'm turning this over to you. And we walk away and we let, let the Lord work. And everything gets fixed. Everything gets fixed. That's your blessing. That's your blessing. Because you are doing what the Lord wants you to do. You are giving all your troubles, all your cares, all your problems. You're giving them all to him. And you are going off and you are doing the will of the Father. 
that's what you are focused on. You have got not got time to focus on all those problems that's popping up in your life, your your bills and and all this stuff. You don't have time to worry about all that stuff because you have got things of the of heaven to worry about, the things of God to worry about. Those things are the ones that we need to be taken care of. Those are the ones that we need to be concerned about, not the things of this world. Because God can take care of it on both sides. But see, we've got to be willing to open ourselves up to God and to, uh, to let him use us uh, in whatever way that he can use us. And we've got to be willing to... Uh, do some sacrifices and and be obedient and and to just turn everything over to God and say God it's yours to begin with I thank you for letting me use it now then show me how I can use it even more and God will bless us and and bless our hearts we 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 have been asleep for for so long now that that it's hard to wake up. It's hard for us to wake up because we have got to a false sense of security because we have got to that false sense of security and we are asleep and uh, we're really not thinking about it. We're really not thinking about it. All we are thinking about is heaven and the Lord come back after us. You know, there was, they was, was 10 virgins. Now listen, a virgin is those that are undefiled by the world. And they were waiting to go into the bridegroom, to into the wedding. And they all five they all ten had had oil in their lamps, but there was five of them that didn't have any extra oil. But they all slumbered and slept. All ten of them slumbered and slept. And when the call came out for the bridegroom, five of them, they woke up, they trimmed their lamps, they, they, uh, they made them bright and everything. They had plenty of oil to wait till when the, Lord, when the bridegroom came, but the other five, they didn't have enough oil. They'd let their oil run out. So if you let your oil run out, listen. Now, right now, is the time to go get that oil. See, they waited till the last minute before they went out to get their oil. And while they were out getting their oil, the bridegroom opened the door. They went into the, to the celebration. The door was shut. When they came back, they didn't make it in. The door was already shut. Listen, children of God, there's a door in your all's life, in every one of our lives that's going to be shut one of these days. My question is, is which side are you going to be on when that door shuts? Are you going to be on the outside trying to get in, or are you going to be on the inside enjoying the blessings? Or are you going to be on the outside where you're going to endure the curses. Right now is the time to right now is the time to get your oil. Right now. Not later. 
because we are not promised the next second. I know we make plans for tomorrow. We make plans for next week. Lord willing, nothing happens in the morning. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to work. But, you know, I, I could not wake up in the morning. I, there's a there is a good possibility that I'll not wake up in the morning. I'm not promised tomorrow. I'm not promised getting finished with this podcast. I realize that. But the thing about it is, is I've got my oil. I've got oil in my lamp. My lamp is trim. My, my wedding garment's on. It's pressed. It's spotless. I'm ready to go, and I've got extra oil, and I'm waiting on the bridegroom. I'm ready to go in. Just as soon as that door opens, I'm going to run through that door because I, I, I don't know how long it's going to be open, and I want to make sure that I get through it. And we all should be that way. But we need to wake up. We need to wake up. We need to get our oil in our lamps. We need to get extra oil so we can be there when that door opens. And we need, we need, we need our invitation, invitation. You know, you got to have an invitation. Have you got your invitation? I've got mine. I've got mine. One of these days, my number is going to be called, and I'm going to go into the into the celebration for eternity, where all is perfect, where all is love, where all is joy, and where all is peace. No worry, no pain, no heartaches, no death, nothing like that. These old sinuses I have and and uh, arthritic joints, I won't have none of that. I'll have a perfect body. You never ache, never hurt. I'll be able to dance and run and kneel and jump and do whatever I want to. Even even after I've been in there two million, been in heaven for two million years, I'll be just the same as when I first walked into the pearly gates. I'll never change. But I thank you all for listening, and I hope you got something out of this. And may God bless you in a great and a mighty way.